Happy Thursday! Welcome to Lunch Plus. Today, it's going to be such a good episode. We have some awesome stuff in store for you. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Did you say holy? I said, oh yeah. Yep. Go ahead and share the broadcast and comment. Tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that way we can say hello to you. Serena's watching. The wonderful, the lovely Serena Crabtree. That's my wife. It's true. It's true. <coughs> I got so excited. I inhaled the <coughs> spit. Anyway, well, we have a good broadcast for you today. It's going to be awesome. Here's what we got going on today while Barrett recovers. Amen. Uh, first, we have our newest segment, Who Would Win in a Fight? It's going to be awesome. We have some good matchups for you today. After that, we have a time of prayer, followed by the song challenge. Yay! That one's actually been a fun one. I've enjoyed that one. Actually, is that the newest one? Whatever. And then after that, we have What's the Word? What's the Word? What's the Word? What's the Word? Um, I don't know why I'm saying it. I do know why I'm saying it like because that. Because I say it like that all the time yes. behind camera. That's true. Buddy, <laughs> buddy texted me the other day asking if I could put on the graphic for, like, I think Tuesdays. It was if, the word works. Yeah. The word works. That's I think what that'd be great. The word works. The word works. Are you guys having a good day? Whoa, um, we just got an explosion. Of <laughs> Serena says, Serena just quoted me. She, I got so excited, I choked on my spit. I'm so glad I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I get excited when you're around. Um, Holly says, look at us advancing. We have names below us. Yeah, we mm. did at the beginning. We for sure did. We're fancy pantsy here today. But it's time. You said but. I did after I said like fancy pants too, so that's unfortunate. Um, it's <laughs> We're time. very mature here on the Lunch, <laughs> on the lunch Plus broadcast. It's time for family chat, family chat, family chat, uh, where we take time and we connect with you guys. We also like to see how fast we can hit a hundred comments, and the person who helps us do that gets a gift card from us. So go ahead and comment. Tell us what your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings. Your deepest emotion. Don't tell me your deepest emotions. No, tell do us. tell. Do tell. <laughs> do tell. Uh, question number one. Let's uncover these together. What's your favorite possession? When I first read that, I thought it said passion. <laughs> John Napier. Hey, John. Super exciting to have you. What's up, home slices? Please tell Rachel I say hi. I miss y'all very much. Come visit soon. Okay, my favorite possession. Um, Shannon says, it's my birthday. It's a wonderful day. Ooh, 20, happy birthday. She says, 29 years young forever. Um, Shannon, happy birthday. May this be a blessed year. May the blessing of the Lord be on you mm -hmm. every single day. May it be your best year yet. Um, Kevin says his favorite possession is his NKGV Bible. His Nikajava Bible. Nikajava. I... Holly wants to know if she can comment numbers until we reach 100. Why not? Um, but no. Okay, I'm glad you said <laughs> that no after. I was like, oh, okay. Johnny says, my first truck. Um, that's a good one. I have, I have a couple. So I think my ultimate favorite possession that I have right now is my engagement ring uh, that George gave me. I, obviously, that George gave me. Um, that's sweet. It is. He, he did so well picking it out. He picked it out all himself, and it just it blesses me so much every time I see it. So I think that's mine. I'd say my Bible. Mm -hmm. I, I, it feels super spiritual, 
but like that was the first thing that I could think of because I, mm -hmm. I put a lot of work into just, you know, um, I mean, God put a lot of work into getting that to me. Um, but also I did put a lot of, you know, just effort, time and effort into, into getting it the way that I like it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Just highlights and notes and stuff. Yeah. Prilla says she never took thought to have a favorite possession. Debbie says that she has three, her Bible, her wedding ring, and her dog, Tucker. Serena says her wedding ring, too. Serena, our sameness continues. <laughs> um, John says Jesus, of course. Of course. Uh, Kevin says my Bible is the only thing I have that I am unwilling to part with. Um, Marky says her grandmother's wedding ring. Yeah, so... As you guys know, if you watch the broadcast, I'm a list maker. Like, it's just how my brain works. So I actually have, I know, like, my top three, like, favorite possessions. I asked Buddy no. what his were last week. Um, you did? I did, and you said, no. Oh. Oh. And <laughs> your initial answer was your Serena box, because we bonded over. You oh, have a Serena the, well, the box, question was, and I have a George box. The question was, if our house got on fire, what was, like, the one yeah. thing we would grab? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Serena said twinsies. Twinsies. Johnny says, I heard of a story where a pastor gave up his Bible to someone who didn't have one. That's really cool. You know, when we were in Texarkana this past, uh, or this past year, a couple months ago, there was actually a service where um, Pastor Lori, Pastor Tracy's wife, actually took off her wedding ring, her engagement ring, and sewed it into the ministry for souls. Like, she wanted to sew it in, and that just, it ministered so much to me. Holly and I were talking about it the other day, just the heart of doing that. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, ah, just so cool. Okay, question number, oh, not yet. John said, <laughs> I'm afraid to say mine. I'm afraid the Lord will ask me to sew it. Ha <laughs> 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 just kidding. That's why I said Jesus, because God will never ask him to, to part with Jesus. You know, John, there's a thread of truth in like every joke, so I don't know. <laughs> question number two. What would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse so how i don't know because i feel like animals are all really appropriately sized and if they're small they should stay small so i i have to, like imagine a horse-sized bunny that would be awful mm. it'd be terrifying to see down the road like hop a, a horse hop a horse-sized bunny a horse-sized anything just sounds terrifying unless it's like a horse-sized elephant or a horse-sized <laughs> giraffe. Yeah. You imagine a giraffe without his long neck, and it's just like a... Well, it would horse. still have a long neck. It would just be shrunk down to, like... To horse-sized? Right? I don't know. Michaela, I love <laughs> you. She says, hi, guys. Barrett, what are you drinking from Dunkin' Donuts? I am drinking uh, iced coffee, which is not necessarily iced anymore because I've waited too long to drink it. But it has cream and pumpkin in it. So the moment pumpkin came back, mm. I was there. So John said, definitely not a cat. Definitely not a cat. 100%... For that, um, Shannon ah, said a bearded dragon. Why? Why a bearded dragon? Imagine a bearded dragon that big. Those are the type of things that like they get wings and they start flying around and breathing fire. Mm -hmm. Ah. Okay. Um, Kevin said I would like to ride a squirrel like a horse. I. You could climb trees. Sure. <gasps> okay, that's a new possibility, Kevin. I wasn't thinking of what I could do with the animal. I was just thinking visually. Yeah. Oh, I could climb trees. Now, Serena said a hummingbird, but I feel like that would be terrifying. Because <laughs> a hummingbird. Like no, well, a hummingbird, they're, they're so light. They're, they're, they actually, like, essentially don't have any weight, but mm -hmm. their wings beat, like, a thousand times a second. Mm -hmm. Something insane like that. Mm -hmm. 
And so imagine one the size of a horse that weighs the size of a horse, then wings beat a thousand times a second. I'm telling you, it caused like tornadoes just no by joke. flying. John says he thinks a cat that size would kill everyone. Yeah. Um, but by the way, not saying that Serena's answer is wrong. It's a great answer. Grayson says definitely not a spider. <laughs> Shannon says a dinosaur. A brontosaurus? Cool. That's basically a giraffe. Wait, so, um, so it's okay to scale something down? Does, sure. that, does that count in this? Sure, okay. I think so. Then I would scale an elephant down um, to the size of a horse. Grayson says, I feel like I know every animal I would like for it to not be the size of a horse. Mm. Um, turtle. <laughs> no. A turtle would be nice. I don't want a giant turtle. Like, I, I would ride that thing. And you would get to your destination in about 10 years. Still, it would be fun. <laughs> Serena said it would be a helicopter hummingbird. <laughs> That's true. I don't know what I would want. Like, my favorite animals are sea turtles, but I feel like they're super appropriately sized. I don't want them bigger. Um, I don't like animals that could eat me. Like, that's not... Serena... Okay, so, side note. We've talked a lot about Serena today. Serena and I have recently bonded over the last month about how we both appreciate looking at animals, but neither of us super have strong emotions to need to interact with animals. So mm. I, I don't know if I would want to interact with all of these giant animals. Like, imagine a rat the size of a horse. That would be awful. That's the princess bride, basically. Um... John wants to know if the turtles would still be slow well, if they were bigger. See, here's the thing. Turtles are known, like, they're stereotypically known for being slow. But if you've seen one run, they're pretty quick. They're, like, obviously you can out, I could outrun a turtle. But, um, but they're, they're not slow when they want to be fast. So, that being said, a big turtle, I think, would be pretty quick. I... Grayson says that would be a no for me. John says a trout, definitely. Mm -hmm. Ha! That would be crazy. I mean, you know, solve world hunger. You guys are way better people than I am. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> my immediate Horse thought was. Trout. Um, a lot but, of meat on that. Okay, so Kevin's, Kevin's like calling me out about my cat. I like my cat. Like, I like cats and dogs. I like things that should be inside. Cats and dogs are fine which is why I think my answer is going to ultimately be a puppy. I want to scale a puppy, not a dog. I want to scale a puppy. Like Clifford? Clifford the big red dog? Yes, I would totally scale a cute golden retriever puppy into the size of a horse. Imagine how fun that would be. I have no idea what time it is. Um, do it's we have time for one more? We have time for one more, one more. What would you do on Mars for fun? Um, jump. Yep. Jump, jump. Um, Suffocate. That wouldn't be for fun. That would not be fun. Like, what else are you going to do on Mars? <laughs> Gather rocks? I would do the world's best cartwheel. Like, now that gravity would not be a problem, like, I'd just cartwheel, cartwheel for cartwheel. days. Cartwheel for days. Like, I don't, there's no life on Mars, right? Well, there's, like, maybe, like, little... There's no life on Mars. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can probably, you could probably buy Mars rocks. Um, <laughs> Pastor Nicole says, eat a Mars bar. I like Priscilla said, I'd find my way back to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great answer. Pastor Nicole, that was a George answer. Like, when George, oh, my goodness. 
when George watches this, he's going to have a similar answer or appreciate yours deeply. Um, John says, play pranks on Martians. Grayson says, truth, I can't cartwheel, okay. so I would try so, it there. So Grayson. Mars is actually bigger than Earth, so, so you would weigh more on Mars, so you won't bounce. Gravity is actually heavier on Mars. So, oh. so, so, so I can do a cartwheel. Do the world's worst cart, or the, the Mars, Mars's worst cartwheel. I, like, do, could definitely, we even walk? You could, well, you'd weigh, like, one and a half, t uh, Mars is one and a half times the size of Earth. So, um, it's like, sorry, I, like, my brain, I had to research it. Mm -hmm. um, so you would weigh, like, your mass would stay the same, but you would probably weigh, because of the gravity, like one and a half times your weight. I don't know. What was that? Probably bad physics. I got a F or I got a D in physics. What was a really <laughs> fun, like, exciting question? You yeah. now need to think very technically about. Um, <laughs> well, obviously Mars stinks. Then yeah. astronomical. So. Grayson says, and I would fall, and I would take a nap. <gasps> a free weighted blanket. That is so true. Oh, Grayson, like you are my girl. Like <laughs> I, I so appreciate you. Um, your mom wants you to tell her more about physics and science and Mars. Oh, about my D that I got in physics is probably oh. what she's talking about. Oh. I'm sure you were aware of that at some point. I took home my uh, report cards. <laughs> uh, John says, but if you never sat on the bottom of a pool and wanted to, you could do it on Mars and then drown. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, Johnny says go four-wheeling. That, that would be actually kind of neat. <laughs> no, she says no about Mars. She oh, about, about Mars. Mars. Oh, okay. What? Mars. Well, Mars has a diameter of 6,790 <laughs> kilometers and is only slightly more than half the size of Earth. Wait, oh, never mind. Is there extra gravity there? Uh, no, I just got that wrong. It says it's slightly more than half the size of Earth, which means it's smaller than Earth. With means, with means. With means. Gravity is... Working She's probably like, tell us more because you're so wrong. Oh, well, I'm glad you did that because now I realize that everything I just told you was a lie. Your mom just came back and she goes, I was joking. That's well, a nice way to be like, no, and Just stop. Done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to take Buddy's mom's lead and we are going to end family chat because we're about to hop into our first segment of the day. Who would win in a fight? One of my favorites. And <laughs> your mom just said, <laughs> stop, stop sign. sign. <laughs> I love Miss Crabtree. Okay, we're going to hop over into who would win in the fight. We'll be back in a couple seconds. Share the broadcast. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Well, what is up, everybody? Hey, guys. Welcome to the Lunch Plus broadcast. We have an awesome broadcast for you today. But before we jump into our first segment, let's go over the table of contents for today real quick. First, we have who would win in a fight. This is one of my favorites. I enjoy this one a lot. After that, we have a time of prayer, followed by the song challenge. And after the song challenge, we have what's the word. But first, we are going to be doing who would win in a fight. I really appreciate 
appreciated that. Dun dun dun. You're super welcome. intense. I don't, I don't know what, what if that like added to the music that they were listening to, but it was awesome. Well, guys, it psyched me up. Well, that's what matters. So, for, so this first segment we are doing today is called "Who Would Win in a Fight." In this segment, it's kind of like a fun little debate thing, which is supposed to be fun. Right. <laughs> it's it got a little ugly fun. the other day when I was on there, but yeah, yeah. As long as you're winning, it's fun. Yeah. Whenever you're losing, it's not fun. Amen. <laughs> Barrett's like, amen. Because <laughs> uh, last week Barrett destroyed me, but that's okay. I learned that she has a gift for this, and she's not invited back on this segment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you a part of a debate club? No? You, she was. Okay, see, that, that was my fault. Anyway, um, so here's how this goes. We're going to put up uh, on the screen um, a fight, like a random fight. Who, basically, who would win in a fight between blank and blank? Actually, can you put up the first one for us today? Who would win in a fight between Jack Bauer from 24 or... Oh. Huh? I'm cheering. Oh, she's cheering. And Jason, or Jason Bourne from the... The uh, Jason Bourne mo movie. Born Identity? Yeah, Born Identity, right. Born Ultimatum, Born. Yeah, sure. Born I actually to kick Jack Bauer's tail? Okay, well, we haven't oh, gotten oh, into I'm it. Oh, I'm sorry, yet. my bad. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, so here's what we're going to do um, we're each going to have our opening statement, and then we'll have a rebuttal. And then you guys will vote, not based on your opinion, but based on who won the argument. I think that's a safe way to do it. That right? is a safe way to do it. Um, because, you know, obviously there's a one right winner and one wrong winner. Um, and so, you know. Oh, my word. But anyway. So, Barrett Nauer has already said that Jack wow, Bauer every, would win. We didn't even already, ask the question. I know. Everyone's already putting it in the comments. Wait, wait till we debate it out first, guys. All right. So. But I want to know what they think so I would before just, I totally blow this. I want to know what they think. Who would win, in their opinion, would, would it be Jack Bauer? And I would just like to say to Grayson, you, uh, you just hurt Barrett's heart. She was like, I thought I was connecting with, with you, and now it's all just thrown out the window. That's exactly word for word what she said. <laughs> <laughs> now she's coming to the comments. She did not say that. But all right, so let's open it up. I'll, I'll be generous, and I'll let you kind of have the opening argument. All right. I'm not really sure that's generosity. It is generosity. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Last, we were going to do this one last week, and I was on, on the Jason Bourne side, so I just realized oh. that all of my notes <laughs> are against myself. So I'm going into this blind. Wow. But if you don't know who Jack Bauer is, Jack Bauer's from the show 24. Uh, Jason Bourne is from, we already said that. All right, well, what's your opening argument? Well, first Why of all. Why would Jason Bourne win in the Great. Awesome. So, um... I've noticed that in my studies, mm -hmm. Jack Bauer, awesome character, mm -hmm. very powerful uh, individual, yeah. right? However, I did notice some flaws. Okay. Okay, first flaw, the man was born in 1966, making him 54 years old. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that life is over at the age of 54, but I'm saying that it's slowing down, okay? So this man's uh, ability uh, to, to, to fight in a hand-to-hand -hand situation greatly reduced. His, uh, his um, uh, fine motor skills, they're going to start to uh, dwindle. He's just not going to have the skills uh, and, and the ability at this time because of his age that Jason Bourne will have. Uh, so there's one. Second point, um, he uh, has family. Um, he has a father and a brother. And um, those individuals could be used as leverage against him. 
Um, so I believe that that uh, could pose a problem for Jack Bauer. Also, Jack Bauer was in the Army. I was in the Army. Great. He was uh, in the 1st Special Forces Operation or uh, uh, Detachment Delta, or Delta Force, as most people know them. Uh, but he was in for 12 years. Okay, that, that's pretty spectacular. That's a, that's a decent little career. However, he only made the rank of captain. That, to me, says when you get to be a captain, you, when, you, when you get to be a captain, that, you should meet that mark in about four years. And he stayed at that mark, therefore, for eight years. That means he was a sloppy, awful officer. Wow. Uh, then he was on the police department in Los Angeles and the CIA. Um, all these units are all operating in teams. That means he needs a team. Jason Bourne always operated alone by himself. He did not require a team to get the job done. That was good. Thank you, sir. That was good. I respect yes. your argument, even if it's wrong. <laughs> oh, my, my mom just jumped in. Um, so here's the thing. With age comes experience. And, and when you look at, at the, the life of Jack Bauer, now we're talking who would win in a fight, not who would win in an all-out war or who would win in an all-out wits battle, who would win in a fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And you look... First and foremost, uh, with a again, with age comes experience. As, as Jack Bauer has, has evolved in his age, yes, he's getting a little bit older, but he's had so much experience with hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know? And when it comes to actually, see, the, the reality is the Bible talks about unity. We're not called to do things alone. And when, <laughs> sorry, you know what? I'm going to retract that because whenever you throw the Bible into it, I, I want to I win this fair. I don't want to throw the Bible into this. All right. So here, here's the thing. Um, Jack Bauer can go 24 hours without peeing, pooping, without eating anything, without drinking any water. And you think about that, no matter how long the fight goes, he has the endurance. He has, the, endurance is key in a fight. I was a wrestler. You know? So whenever you're in a fight, endurance is everything. Endurance is everything, and if you can endure 24 hours without doing any of those things, you can definitely endure at least 10 minutes in physical hand-to-hand -hand combat. And more than that, Jack Bauer did most of, of his fighting, you know, and most of his stuff be, uh, behind the back of the CTU, the, the counter-terrorist unit, um, because there were spies in there. He actually had more people working against him than for him. So in that context, text with all those years of experience where Jason Bourne was only in, in, uh, in his organization for, what, five years, if that. You know, he has all the experience, all the hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know, experience. I would say that Jack Bauer would win in the fight, hands down. Okay. Well, it's excellent that you bring up experience because it actually turns out that Jason Bourne actually had almost the exact same experience mm -hmm. That Jack Bauer had. He also was in the Army, also Special Forces Delta. Was not an officer for 12 years and was not a really bad one. Um, mm. Was also in the CIA. But what he did do was he was also a Foreign Services officer, uh, working with other countries, mm -hmm. gleaning from their text, uh, uh, tactics and strategies. So he has that going for him. Mm -hmm. um, he was an assassin by himself. He never depended on a team at all. Mm -hmm. Now, some people would say that that would be, uh, that would be a hindrance. And, and 
And I can see that because, you know, it, it is good to operate in a team, as you said, to have that backup. But if you can operate as a team of one without backup, that speaks volumes about who you are yeah, and does. what your abilities are. That really does. And Jack Bauer just doesn't have those abilities. Miss Crabtree, I think it's awesome that you are 54 years old, and I am so sorry if I offended you. <laughs> but I know that you right now at the age of 54 are not like you were at the okay. age of 34. <laughs> So is that is that? Your, I don't mean to insult your mom. No, you're <laughs> really fine. Don't. You are fine. We'll talk later. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, I would just like to say Barrett's sending me <laughs> arguments. <laughs> She's texting them to me, and I'm not going to use them. You didn't have any preparation. That's true. I really appreciate that. Excuse However, me. However, you did have preparation. <laughs> she said I didn't have any preparation, so she's trying to help. Here's the thing. All right. With Jack Bauer, mm -hmm. all right, see, oh, well, let's, let's look at Jason Bourne for a moment, okay. all right? He's a young man. He's an assassin. So most of, of his fighting takes place from long range because as an assassin, most that he does is, is he fights people who aren't paying attention. He catches people off guard. He's stealthy. He's sneaky. He'll, he'll, he'll walk up behind someone you know, like Wombosi and, and, you know, and try to shoot him in the back of the head. Or, you know, he'll, he'll hide in the vents. You know, he'll, he'll do these things. Most of the stuff he does is stealth, but not actually physical. He's done some physical hand-to-hand. -hand, he's had some, some good hand-to-hand -hand fights, you know, you, like you see it in the movies. But he's probably fought in the movies, what, four people total? While Jack Bauer has literally been in hand-to-hand -hand con combat with hundreds. You know, like hand-to-hand -hand fighting multiple people at once. You know, that, that's a skill set that, that is unmatched. And I'm just kind of rambling right now. I, I think it's obvious who won this. I think You're right. Obvious. Jason Bauer did win. And, and Jason I'm, Bauer. I, I, really I don't know who Jason Bauer did. is. Um, uh, that's the <laughs> son of Jack Bauer. <laughs> and if you Jason didn't know, Bourne. Jason Bourne is actually the son of Jack Bauer. <laughs> All right, so guys, put in the comments. Who do you think would win in a fight? Would it be Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer? Put in the comments, Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer. And the first one to get to, let's say, three? Jason Bourne. Oh, I see one for Bourne. I see one for Jack. Um, what does that say? Yes, Grayson, you are right. Jason Bourne is awesome. Jason Bourne. Fights three three Jasons, three Jasons, one Jack. There's another Jack. Jason I think Serena. Bauer. Just... <laughs> Thank oh. you, Serena. I appreciate it. Oh, that. I just saw Bauer, so I assumed she was voting for me. Yeah, no, she wasn't. All right, we got three to one. All right, four to one. Born. Okay, there's another Bourne. I'm just going uh, Another Jack. Uh, uh, Pastor Nicole is a born, so yeah. she counts as like five. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, Serena voted against me, and that hurts. Okay. Well, that was fun. And my mom voted for me. I love my mom. Go, mom. Well done. Good job. Good job. All right. Well, I'm going to give that one to you. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up with today's uh, who would win in a fight. Awesome. Um, and then we're going to – so now we're moving on to our next segment, which is – Prayer. <laughs> I had such a hard time saying that word. I have Hallelujah. no idea why. <laughs> but we're moving on to our next segment of prayer. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. We'll see you right there. All right, well done.
for the record, I was not trying to cheat. Buddy did not know he was Team Jack until literally on camera because he had prepped himself to be Team Jason. I made that switch. So I was just trying to help him out. That's all it was. <laughs> well, guys, we are super excited to have you on with us today. And I'm excited to be praying with you because God moves through the prayers of righteous men and women. When a, when a man and women of God fervently pray, there is dunamis power that's released. Dynamic power is available. So when we pray today, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. That's your identity. And we are going to pray and see things happen here on the earth. First up, as you know, we like to go through daily confessions. And so we're going to put up confession number five, which says we walk in the fullness of faith, hope, and love. Join your voice with mine. We win souls. We love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God. Hallelujah. Now, we're about to pray, and we're still going to, but Grayson just put up a comment, which I am super excited about. If you were on with us on Tuesday, you will know that Grayson asked us to be praying for her and her daughter. They had uh, needed to get tested for COVID, and we prayed. The Lord spoke that the test would be negative, that they would not have it, and that no sickness would be able to come into their house. It was a powerful prayer. Grayson received it, and she just commented saying that she is praising God for negative COVID tests. That's my God. He's the God that is more than enough. He's the God that answers prayers. That's the God that we serve, and so as we go into prayer. We are praising God with you, Grayson. He is so good and so mighty and oh, he's so awesome. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for negative test results. We thank you for fullness of health and healing in Grayson and her daughter in their family. What a mighty God you are. Lord, you're so good. Father, we praise you that you are the God who heals. You're the God who provides. You're the God who has declared your love and your, your covenant over us. You are a banner that waves over us, that goes before us, Lord. Your angels encamp all around us and protect us and keep us. Lord, you're our protector. You're our defender. You are Lord. You're El Shaddai. You are great and mighty. What a mighty God you are. Lord, I just speak in the name of Jesus, peace in the lives of every person watching, peace in Jesus' name, peace in their families. God, let peace reign in homes in Jesus' name, light of God, shine in every home connected to those watching this broadcast right now. Let the light of God shine, expose any darkness that would try to creep in fortify their homes, protect them, God. Let there not be a weak area of their homes and in their families. Fortify them. Fortify them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Protect them. Keep them in Jesus' mighty name. 
Father, we just declare in the name of Jesus that any weapon formed against a person watching this broadcast right now, any weapon formed, named or unnamed, in the name of Jesus, any sickness, any plan of the enemy, anything that would steal, kill and destroy. We rebuke those things right now in Jesus' mighty name. Any plan of the enemy that was sent to kill, sent to steal, sent to destroy, we rebuke those things right now. Assignments that were meant for evil, let them be turned for good in the name of Jesus. Things that would have graded away hope, that would have graded away peace in Jesus' mighty name. Let those things turn now. Your word tells us that that you turn all things or you work all things together for good for those who love you. Father, we've got people on this broadcast that love you. Lord, turn it for good. Turn that thing for good. Turn that thing that would have stolen peace. Turn it for good right now in Jesus' name. Turn it. For good. And if you receive that, if you know immediately as, as I've been praying what that thing was, the thing that's been applying pressure or that has been just grating away at your hope, then out of your mouth, put it in the comments right now. Say, God has turned everything for my good. God has turned it for my good today, right now. Lord, as we pray, I call every fiery dart quenched. I call every assignment return to sender in Jesus name. Return every evil assignment back to the sender where it came from, Lord. Hashua Kambaka, we thank you for your provision, for your protection. And we thank you that it happens because of how much you love us. Lord, let us get a revelation today of the love of God. Let us not rely on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, lean on you and acknowledge you, and you'll keep our path straight. Lord, let us lean on you, and may you protect us and keep us in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God is so good. Grayson, I'm so excited for you. Oh, he's just proven himself faithful time and time and time again. And I'm so excited to get to witness the power of God moving in your life. That's so awesome. And not just Grayson's, everybody, all y'all, every person watching right now, God is doing mighty things in your life right now. And we praise God for you. Ah, I, y'all, I get so excited with prayer because God works with his word. The word works. And we just praise God. It is time to hop over into our next segment, Song Challenge, Song Challenge. Me versus Kevin. Kevin's on a roll today. What's it going to be in the next one? We'll see. Stick around. We'll be back in just a second. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So Barrett brought in. I'm so sorry. I think the, this is the voice box of a rubber chicken. Sure. Right. I was thinking rubber duck, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm so sorry, guys. I regret. Rubber I duck. regret immediately. <laughs> as soon as it got put up to the microphone, I had such such feelings of empathy for you. I love you guys. I think this is a great sound. Uh huh. When you first did it, it actually startled me. Yeah, I could In see that. In the office, when it did the. Yeah. yeah. You mean this? All right, so that's going to be our button for today. That's pleasant. <laughs> I, th I think I'm pushing some, some buttons that aren't that one. <laughs> so, so here's what uh, we're doing song challenge. That's, right. the, that's the thing we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. Um, so here's how this is going to work. Um, what we do is I have a stack of different words here yep. on the... Um, I was just hoping I wasn't going to hit Mr. Will behind the camera. I have a stack of words here, and what we're going to do is, is we're, I'm going to flip the card around and mm -hmm. show a word, all right? And then the first person to hit the, the button mm -hmm. has to then sing a song that has that word in it. Are you going to announce the word for us, too? Yeah. Cool. That would yeah. help. Yeah. Cool. Because I'm a helpful guy. Yeah. I like I to help out. I'm a helpful guy. I um, help about a lot. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix this up just so... Just to make sure, because Barrett wrote these down. I don't, I don't want her to be cheating. Johnny, I have a fan in Johnny. Johnny says, my ears appreciate that, Barrett. <laughs> I honestly have no idea how that, how that would have come through the microphone and into your ears. Especially, Johnny might be wearing headphones, too. True. So that probably Think sounds... about Priscilla. Priscilla's in the sound. Oh, oh my and so, word. You guys did that sound horrible in your ears? Oh, she said it was awesome, so that's fine. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip over a word... And, uh, and then whoever hits it first yep. will start to sing a song, and then, and then whenever I cut them off, the, the next person has to try to come up with a song. Oh, we're going to sing it. Yeah. So, oh, of course. Oh, I am totally it's called at a disadvantage. Song. Well, it, see, we're not judging you based on the quality of the song, but the fact that the song exists. So it can be awful, okay. but as long as it's a real song. couple of specifications with this, because we are modifying it a bit from last week. First, the song has to be not a nursery rhyme, not a jingle. Like it's got, well, I mean, it may be a nursery rhyme, but it can't just be like a poem. It can't be a jingle. It has to be something that is published and could be heard on the radio. Like, so if the word was, say, taco? taco? It can't be the Taco Bell jingle. Okay. The specification wasn't given at said encounter that we okay, had. So, okay, so, no Yokiro yeah. Taco Bell. No okay, Yokiro Taco Bell. Um, and then number two, so this is going to be exciting. If, let's say, I hit the buzzer first and I have a song, I will get one point. Kevin then has the opportunity to take my point away from Steals. me and get two. Right. We're going to go back and forth, and whoever, basically whoever, the last man standing, gets all of those points that round. Wow. Yep, it's going to be exciting. Right, so, well, let's get this started. Hallelujah. Let's Are you guys ready to hear this the whole time? I'm I so sorry. certainly am. I wanted a bell, I, but the bell was broken, so this is what we've got. We've got the rubber chicken guts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first word of the day for the song challenge is day. Oh, happy day. Wash my sin away. Oh, happy day. Happy day. All right. Kevin, you got five seconds. That was awesome. I just I wanted to dance. I that. That was a good move. Um, um, you don't have to. I don't know. All right. That's one point for Bear. You don't have to hit it the second time. Oh, you don't so, have to? Oh, yeah, so whenever I, I cut her off. No, no, okay. no. Okay. Whenever I cut her off, you got five seconds Okay. All right. to, to come All right. up with. Marky says that she appreciates your dance moves. Thank you. Thank good. you, Marky. Can I get so, points for dance moves? 
You, I'll give you 0 0.001 points for that. Okay. Well, I'm not in the negative. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, next word. Me, we. We. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. All right. We are the world. <gasps> we are the children. We are. Stop singing, please. All right. We are the champions, oh. my friends. Bird on. And we'll. Right. Five seconds. <laughs> she can keep singing if she wants to. <laughs> we just lost. <laughs> All right. That's three points for you, Barrett, right? Yes. So it's four to 0 0.001. <laughs> wow, that was impressive. Okay. All Where's right. Gone? Next word is fire. Fire. All right. <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't know if you're keep going because I don't know what that. Is. Oh come on! <laughs> is there more words to that song? I don't even know if there are. I don't even know if that's a song. See, this is how Marky plays the game. <laughs> she, she just, just starts, starts singing, singing the, the word, word, and it's not a song. Like Marky will be like, fire. "Is that a song? That, the, that is. Uh, uh, Do you know this? Is song? that Earth, Wind, and Fire? Is it not?" So, okay, okay, yeah. he, he's heard of it, so I'll get that to you. All right, you guys are old, I set fire to the rain, watch it pour as I da da da. That's Adele? Sure. All right. Set fire. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. That's a good one. Seen sunny days that I thought would never right. end. You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies made up the world I fell asleep. All right. That's Fireflies by Owl City. I know. Johnny gave you a hint, Kevin. Say no more fire. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Say no more fire. Come on, come on. Time. Dog bite it. Now, here's the thing. Are you going to count Fireflies? You're Cause, not, because I know your opinion on this. My, so my, Kevin gets see, this. I know how Buddy's going to rule. He already see, told me before. The word is fire, not Fireflies. Those I are two knew. different words. As soon as I sang it, like, Buddy's going to vote against me. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the comments. Do you think fire in... And fireflies is the same word. I think word. Kevin gets it. I gotta, I gotta, no, I really have to give it to you. No, it, table it, it, it's, it's, it's not. It's like Pastor Nicole put in there, like, with day, happy birthday. Like, that's, that's one word. Uh, so I think you get it. Okay. I sang it. I'm like, oh, what that's the one Buddy hates. Yep. <laughs> All right. So that, that means, that was a long one, too. That, that was one, two, three. Yeah, I think it got four. So, or three or three. however many. So it's tied. No way. No. Four no. to three. Four to three. Four to three. It's almost tied. Almost. Four to three point zero zero one. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our next yeah. word of the day. Heart. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I, I'm I've like about it. to make up it's a song. It's on the tip of my tongue. Total eclipse of no. the heart. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I said time right before you hit it. Good one. I'm sorry. I would give it to you, but I said time and then you sang. And I have to be a man of my word. What Don't is heart-shaped box? Heart. That's a good one. I couldn't if I tried. What is heart-shaped wow. box? I don't know. It's probably, you know, oh, Pastor Nicole. chocolate in it. Look, she sang it hey. before she heard you. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Look at you guys. I don't awesome. know. <laughs> All right, next word. Might. Night. <laughs> I try to read through it. Oh, night. holy night. Oh. All right. 
I've got nothing. Can I keep going? No, it doesn't work. What other one did you have? Silent night. Look at you. Well, Get it. I'm on the Christmas thing. I really need the points, though. My so. heart will go on. Look, you guys, I'm wow. so impressed go, with you. Go, Johnny. Well done, guys. What is Night Moves, Grayson? Grayson, it's probably a song. Nirvana, what is that? W All Mr. Right. Will is behind the camera being like, it's Bob Seger, Barrett, you know these things. Like, <laughs> I didn't right. know that one. <laughs> uh, my, my brain immediately went to Phantom of the Opera. <gasps> All right, next one. Mind. Mind. Supposedly, that's a really popular word in a song. Um, I don't know. I've got nothing. My mind is lost. My mind is lost. My mind is lost. Gonna, <laughs> you, you could totally fake me out with that. I wouldn't know. <laughs> wow. Oh, here's the thing. I couldn't think of one either. So. Okay. That was a dead one. I'm sorry, that guys. Um, no. No, 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 babe. No, 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 no lies. Oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> All right. It is? Well, in For our us. generation. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Time. I really stink at this game. So for this you one. You did so good. For, the, for this one, all I can think of is the opening of that one opposite. No, 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 no. 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 That's all no, I can no, think of. No, 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 that's a good one. All right, all right. It's five to three. All right, I will do one more. Okay. So you have a chance to okay. win this. Five, right. Well, five to three point zero zero one. All right. <laughs> What is it? Feel. Uh, this is such a song lyric word. I am only thinking of variations of that word. Mm. I don't know if that counts. Does feelings. It? Can it be feelings? No, because no. it's the, that's the, yeah. Well, Are you going to allow it? You're deciding right now. Don't give me I'll pity. allow it because the root is feel. <laughs> don't, don't pity. Go for it. So, what? Feeling oh. can no, count. No, I'm not, I'm not pitting. Oh. Pitying or whatever. Okay, yeah, feelings. Yeah, feelings, nothing more than. I pushed it. I'm hooked on a feeling, dun, yeah! and I'm high on believing. Bum, bum. Okay. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> um, oh, my word. You See, are awesome. I appreciate how much you really enjoy, you know, the moment, and you're like, "Wow, that was such a good one." But I'm like, "You have five seconds. Come yeah. on, yeah. you don't have time. You don't have like, time oh, to appreciate great. it." I had immediately gone to Lion King. If you had come back with one, like, can you feel? Yeah, that's the only oh, wow. one that I could think of that had just the word "feel," except one. for Grayson, who just brought in "Make You Feel My Love." That's a great song I option. I bet you do. Anything. I probably know it, but it doesn't trigger when the any rain thought. Is Blowing in your face. It's wow. Make you feel my love. I you just skipped like one. eight lines. I but. did, but I needed to get <laughs> to, to where get it was. To... <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, so thank you for joining us today for the song challenge. This was fun. Barrett yes. won uh, by a lot. No, well, no, Kevin yeah, did a great. Good stretch. No, no, no. Barrett, you did do very like well. The, the queen of this, That's this, true. Uh, this game. You did very well. Uh, the, you did this last time too, right? God is good. So, <laughs> That's <laughs> two weeks in a row. You got going. Whoever uh, knocks Barrett off the peak of this game, they're, they're is really the something. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to bring past right. This. I need. Oh we need Grace. Great idea. We need oh, Grayson, Grayson to come play. Like Grayson yes. is a champion. Okay. Grayson, come be on the broadcast. <laughs> she is, she's got some skills there, definitely. Truth. 
All right. Well, now we are transitioning over into the word. What's the word? It's going to be powerful. Uh, so take these next 30 seconds to just like and share the broadcast, and we'll see you on the other side of these 30 seconds. Yes. See you guys. Well, hey guys, we are jumping in to our word time. Uh, there's, we have a powerful word for you today. Um, what we're going to be talking about today is um, essentially the difference between the world's wisdom and God's wisdom. Uh, the, what's, what's the difference? Because here's the thing, especially in, you know, the season that we're in right now, uh, you hear this a lot, you know, well, you, we should have wisdom. You should walk with, in wisdom, you know, make sure you're doing, you know, God gave you a brain, so make sure you use it. You know, you'll hear those things a lot. And, um, and all those things are 100% accurate and 100% true. We are called to walk by wisdom. We're, we're called to use wisdom. We're called to use the brain that God gave us. But the reality is this. What many people call wisdom is actually not what God calls wisdom. And it's important for us to understand that there is a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And if you look in, 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 you know, many people don't actually recognize that there's a difference. They think that wisdom is just wisdom. You know, you're, it's, it's either smart or it's not. But the Bible actually talks about in James chapter 3, J James talks about a wisdom that is worldly, it is unspiritual, and it is demonic. So there is a thing that, that we call wisdom, and we'll get into that passage later, but there's a thing that, that we call wisdom today that actually is de a demonic wisdom. It's not actually true wisdom. It's, it's something that the Bible calls demonic. And so we need to be careful of what we call wisdom because what many people call wisdom is actually leaning on your own understanding. And the Bible says very clearly, we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. Now, it's important for us to, you know, use, use understanding to... Like, I brush my teeth in the morning so that my teeth don't fall out. That's, that's understanding, and that's important to walk by. I look both ways before I cross the street. You know, those are important things. Uh, you know, it's important for me not to just, like, get in my car, the, the things on empty, and I just say, you know what, I'm just going to go with it and, you know, and just believe that my car's not going to run out of gas. That's just foolishness. However, if God were to specifically tell me, you know, I'm going on a long trip, I might not have the finances to make the trip with the gas that I have, but God, said, God spoke to my spirit and said, I want, you, I want you to go and you'll have all the gas you need. Now, in my own natural understanding, that can, be, that can look foolish, but if God gave me a word and I walk according to God's word, I'm actually walking in wisdom and I'll see God move every time. You know, so, so yes, there's a place for us to use our understanding, but, but the reality is when we are walking uh, with God, we're not always going to follow our own understanding. Uh, the Bible says very clearly in Proverbs 3, 4, it says, or 3, 5, uh, or 3, 6, uh, it says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. 
So we're not called to lean on what the world calls wisdom. We're not called to lean on our own understanding. We're called to lean on, on the Word of God. And so it's important for us to, to talk about this today. You know, because the Bible says in Romans 1.22 that there, there, there is a people in the church, he's referring to the church, there's a people who claim to be wise. Actually, no, this isn't referring to church. This is referring to the world. They claim to be wise, but in turn, they became fools. So there's, there's people who think they're walking in wisdom. They think that the things that they do is wise, but in reality, what they're doing is foolish because they're leaning on their own understanding. And so, and so it's important for us to talk about the differences between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Because if the enemy can keep you in worldly wisdom, he can keep you from walking in breakthrough. If he can keep you relying on your own understanding, he can keep you on a path that's just windy and crazy and wild. But when we lean not on our own understanding and we acknowledge him, he will make our path straight. And so what is wisdom? Where does wisdom come from? I want us to read in, in, in Proverbs chapter 2. Because Proverbs is, is literally like, it's the book of wisdom. It's, it's, you know, this is where the wisest man that ever lived, uh, Solomon, outside of Jesus, Solomon, literally, he got wisdom from God and he wrote down the wisdom that, he's, that he learned. And we can read it in Proverbs. But this is what he says in Proverbs 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. He says this, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her uh, as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. And hear this verse six. This is key. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice. He preserves the way of his saints. And then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. So, so put in the comments, who is the source of wisdom? It's God. God is the source of wisdom. All wi true wisdom comes from God. There is no actual real wisdom that comes outside of God. And until we can recognize that, you know, if we're not able to recognize that, what we can, what we can call wisdom actually is not wisdom at all. All true wisdom comes from one source, and that source is God. God is the source of wisdom. The true source of wisdom is God. So when people start jumping around saying, well, you need to use wisdom, you got to ask, okay, what's the source of the wisdom that you're talking about? You know, you're telling me I need to use wisdom or I need to be careful or I need to, you know, be all these things. But what is the source of this wisdom that you're talking about? Is the source of the wisdom what you've been told growing up? Is the source of, of this wisdom, you know, uh, the government is the source of this wisdom? You know, what, what is the source of this wisdom? Is the source of this wisdom some, some person or some organization or is the source of this wisdom the Word of God? Is the source of the, this wisdom what God told you? Because if we trace the source of this wisdom back to man, then it's not actually in God. Who's the source? The source is always God. Now, let, let me just clarify. Because God will use people as a channel for wisdom. For example, uh, there will be times... See, I'm, the Bible says, you know, there are those who trust in horses and chariots, but my trust is in God. 
There are those who put their trust in horses and chariots, you know, in war. But my trust is in God. Um, so ultimately, our source is supposed to be God. We don't, we don't lean uh, on anything else but God. However, God will lead us to different channels. You know, um, for example, like there, there are people in the realm of faith who will say, well, I'm never going to go to a doctor because doctors are, are you know, uh, I don't put my trust in man. I don't put my, tr but what if God were to tell you, hey, I, I need you to go to this doctor. See, a doctor will help you to be a good steward with what you, with what God's given you. It's no, it's no more of a sin to go to a doctor than it is to go to a banker, you know, so that they can help you manage your finances. However, they're not the source. God can use a doctor to help expose something in you. You might be doing, like Pastor t tells a story where, where he was doing something, where he had a bad habit and it was causing some damage for him. Now, God, God was healing him, but because he kept doing this certain habit, God led him to a doctor so that the doctor can say, hey, you're not doing this the right way. Change your habits. And when you change your habits, you'll stop having this problem. So God, so God can, can lead you to, 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 to someone, but they're a channel. They're not the source. And so, but, but the problem comes, the Bible says that cursed is the one who puts their trust in man. If man becomes the source of our wisdom, ultimately that wisdom will not work for us. There are so many people today, and I want you to hear this. Again, God is the source of our wisdom. There are a lot of people who, who believe that they're leaning on God, but in reality they're leaning on, on their own understanding. They're leaning on their own wisdom. And they say, well, God is faithful. God never fails. But the, and that's true. God never fails. But if you look at their lives, it looks like they serve a God that fails all the time. They're never experiencing breakthrough. They're always asking God for things, but, but he's never coming through. The, the reality is they're probably not making God their source. They're making their own understanding their source. And so it's important for us to, 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 to study the word of God, to see and to understand that all wisdom comes from God. It doesn't come from the world. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. So it's important for us. Hear this. I, I want you to hear this. It's so important for us to, to recognize that our source of wisdom is not our soul. It's not our brain. It's not our thinking. Our source of wisdom is God. And so let, let's look at what's going on in the world today. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, make sure you're, you're being wise. Make sure you're using wisdom. And, and you just have to ask them, okay, what's the source of this wisdom that you're talking about? Is the source of your wisdom the Word of God or is the source of your wisdom the CDC? Now, now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should just ignore and avoid everything. We don't ignore facts. We don't avoid facts. I mean, coronavirus is a real thing. It exists. Now, what the real numbers are, what's really going on, that's something, you know, that you need to be led by. But the reality is we're not supposed to be led by that. We're supposed to be led by God. What God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. See, we, hear this. Godly wisdom doesn't ignore the facts. Put this in the comments. Godly wisdom doesn't ignore the facts. But godly wisdom takes it to God. Hear that. Godly wisdom doesn't ignore facts, but it takes the facts and, and gives them to God. So you look at Hezekiah, a king from a nation far superior than his, came to him and brought this thing before him. 
and said, we're going to wipe you out. Your God's not going to protect you, you know, yada, yada, yada. He sent him this letter. What did Hezekiah do? He took that letter, put it to God and said, okay, God, what do I do with this? Uh, you, you look in Second uh, um, Samuel chapter 5. We've been talking about David, you know, uh, in this man who would be king series. What did David do when the Philistines camped against him? Now, uh, he could have operated... See, okay, so in 2 Samuel chapter 5, the Philistines camped against him. He said, okay, God, what do we do? And God said, go up against them. You'll win. So they did. But then three verses later, the Philistines camped against them in the exact same place. And David could have used his own natural wisdom and said, well, the last time they camped in that spot, I went up against them and I destroyed them. That, see, that's a natural thinking. And, and, and it's, it's, it, it can be certainly justified. I mean, they did the same. They made the same mistake. But he could have just taken the facts and taken his past into, in, into you know, what, what God did in the past. He could have just taken that into account and then just been like, okay, well, I'm just going to go out against them. But the second time, he didn't do that. He, once again, he inquired of the Lord. And God actually said, don't go against them. Don't do that. Actually, I want you to go and then camp in this place and do it this way. And then you'll have success. So, so David wasn't operating on his own natural wisdom or he was operating solely on what is God leading me to do. And, and here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm going to give you th three keys, you know, to understand the difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And exactly, Kevin. Kevin said natural wisdom relies on experience. Your experience is, is, is important, but it's not your greatest ally. Your greatest ally is your God. If God is for you, who can stand against you? He also said godly wisdom requires faith. It does. It does every single time. Because it takes faith to, to take your own natural understanding and even what the world around you is saying and to, to understand that and to understand the facts, but still, I'm going to follow the, the, the direction of the Lord. Godly wisdom does not lean on our own understanding. It acknowledges the Lord and recognizes that the Lord will lead you on straight paths. So godly wisdom, hear this, put this in the comments. Godly wisdom is following divine direction. Godly wisdom is following divine direction. It, it, <coughs> excuse me. The wisest thing that you can do is, is exactly what God calls you to do, is exactly what God tells you to do. That's what godly wisdom will do. So here, pic, picture this. All right. Well, you don't have to picture this. I'm just going to tell you my story. You know, in, uh, in, uh, in November of last year, God told me to step down from my job at my previous church. He said, it's time to step down. And, um, and as I began to pray and talk, talk to God, he, he told me, I want you to step down. Your last day is December 31st. I said, okay, God. So I turned in my resignation, you know, and I started moving that process. And, and, and here's the thing. The, these people are, were well-meaning. They loved me and they cared for me. But people would come to me and say, uh, don't you, do, like, what, what are you going to do, you know, uh, next year? Like, where are you going to go? I'm like, well, God hasn't told me that yet. You know, um, I'm just trusting him. And they, were, and they would tell me, don't you think you should have a job lined up before you step down? I, I, you know, and they, they were well-meaning, you know, but they were operating in a different realm of reason, in the realm of reason rather than the realm of faith. They were saying, you know, what would be wise for you and for your family so that you can be well off financially would be to wait until you have a position before you step down. And, and Let's be real for a moment. That is the logical right thing to do. But if God was telling me, I need you to step down and I need December 31st to be your last day, there was a reason behind that. 
and for me to wait, for me to, to, to be logical, to lean on my own understanding, would have actually, I wouldn't, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't follow that direction. Because, I, I, and I could tell you why, but, but that's a whole other thing that we don't need to get into. But it's so important for us to follow divine direction. Uh, and and it's, even if it defies natural logic, uh, hear, hear that. Even if it defies natural logic, the most loving thing you can do is to follow the direction of God. The most wise thing you can do is to follow the direction of God. See, see, I'm sure people were probably thinking, I mean, he has a wife to support. He has, peop, you know, he has a family. They, they need to pay rent. They need to do these things. And, that, and I understand that that can be rooted in, in, in love and a compassion and a care. But the most wise and loving thing that I can do for my wife is to follow the direction of God. You look at Abraham. Hear this. See, what I did was nothing, you know, in, compared to what Abraham did. Because Abraham had a wife. He had all these people under him, all these servants and shepherds and their wives and their families and all of his flock. And God said, I want you to take all of this and I want you to go out and walk in the woods and I'll show you where you're going to go. Yep. Like, that's what God did. Now, picture the, pe picture the worldly logic coming at him and saying, you have families to feed. You have mouths to feed. There's people who are relying on you and trusting in you. Why would you do such an evil, unloving thing to these people? Well, here's the thing. The most loving thing he could do for them is to follow the instruction of God. And because of that, God prospered him and none of them lacked anything. Why? Because he didn't rely on his own understanding. But in all that he did, he acknowledged God and God directed his paths. God made his path straight. And so when we walk in, in, in direction, in God's divine direction, when we walk in that, that's the most loving thing we can do for our family. The, let's, let's just be real for a moment. If God is calling you to move to another city, if God's calling you to go into the ministry, because, you know, whenever God called me into the ministry, I had people tell me, well, you know, there's not a lot of money in the ministry. Are you sure you want to do that? If God's calling me to do that, the money's there. You know, God's not going to call you to fail. Again, God never fails. The reason why a lot of people think that God fails is because they were relying on their own understanding and they weren't actually doing what God called them to do. Because 2 Corinthians uh, 2.14 is very clear that thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph. So God is never going to lead you into destruction. He's never going to lead you outside of anywhere but triumph. That's who God is. That's how he operates. He never fails. So when we, but when we, if the devil can keep us in the realm of logic, he can beat us up every time. Because it's in the realm of logic where God calls us to do something. We're getting ready to step out, but logic holds us back and says, wait, you got, you got, you got to make sure you can afford this first. Logic will jump in and say, well, you got to, you got to make sure you're doing the right thing. And that's where people will say, well, you know, make sure you're using wisdom. Make sure, you see, Again, what is the source of the wisdom that you're talking about? Is the source of the wisdom the Word of God in the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit? Or is the source of your wisdom your fear? Because a lot of people, they think they're operating in wisdom, but they're operating in fear. And this is one of the keys for ensuring that you're not walking in worldly wisdom or godly wisdom. Is, and put this in the comments. Godly wisdom is rooted and saturated in peace. Here, put that in the comments. Godly wisdom is rooted and saturated in peace. 
So worldly wisdom can operate out of fear, but godly wisdom is never operating out of fear. It's always operating in a place of peace. You have a peace that surpasses all understanding deep within your spirit. And you know, you know, this is the word of God. This is the will of God. And and that peace that surpasses all understanding in Philippians 4 will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. As you are walking, the peace of God is with you. We, we talked about it uh, yesterday when we were talking about the reset, when we were talking about walking in intimacy, intimate fellowship with God, that there is peace that's with you. God is, if God is with me, if God is leading me, I can have peace in that. Uh, two days ago, I was driving in, you know, to, to, to the church. And as I'm driving, I could feel like it's, it, the rain's coming down harder than it has in a long time. You know, I couldn't, I could barely see the road. And it was coming down so hard, I couldn't tell if there was, you know, if the road was flooded or not. And I could feel a little bit of anxiety come up in, in me. But then all of a sudden, I remembered God is with me. And God get, put a peace in my spirit to where, where I recognized, if I'm getting ready to go into a place, you know, if I, as I'm driving down this road, if, if part of it is flooded, I know that the peace of God will stop me and, and give me wisdom on what to do. You know, that's what walking in intimacy with the Father would do. It'll give you a supernatural peace. I remember shortly after we moved here, we went to, uh, we went to Pastor Tracy's meetings. And, um, and, and at this point, um, we, so at this point, neither of us had a job for about three months at this point. And, uh, and so our finances was declining. <laughs> Let's just be real. We're 14 hours away from home. And, uh, and God told us, all right, because what we had left in our, our bank account was not enough to, to get through the month. We just recognized that. We realized that. And, and more than that, we didn't even have an income to fall back on. But, but, but God told us, I want you to give what you have left. And we're like, oh, man. See, so, so I, I felt that in my spirit. And here's the thing. I, I, was, I wrote, wrote out the check, and I'm looking at it. And I'm just saying, God, is this truly what you want us to do? Now, talk about fully surrendering and relying solely on God, making him your sole source. We had no income to fall back on. We had nothing. But, uh, but I was looking at that check, and all of a sudden, joy and peace flooded my spirit. I'm feeling it right now. I, I hope you're feeling it. Joy and peace flooded me. Like, literally, my... Uh, the biggest smile went on my face. And as I, as I was putting that in the offering, I, I felt such a peace and such a joy that I haven't felt in such a long time. And, and, and here's the thing. I lacked nothing. I had all the gas I needed to get home. And all of our bills were paid on time. We never lacked a thing. And like, this makes no sense in the natural logic, but whenever you follow the instruction of God, it'll lead you into peace. You'll have the peace that surpasses all understanding. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind from worldly logic, from worldly understanding. It'll guard your mind from, from tripping over the, you know, the, the stupid thoughts of the enemy. That peace will be with you. And you'll know, God, my God's got my back. My God is for me. He's not against me. He, he supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. That's where you can have an assurance. When you feel that peace, when you know that peace is there, you know, I'm doing what God's called me to do. It's all going to work. It's all going to be fine. It's, it's rooted in peace. Proverbs 3 verse 2 says, 
Actually, I'm going to just, I, I don't need to turn there. It's right here. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 says this. My son, do not forget my law, but keep, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Godly wisdom will always lead you into peace. The world's wisdom is operating out of fear. Uh, it, it, it pushes fear. Well, if you, do, if you don't do it this way, then you're going to die. If you don't do it this way, then, then your teeth will run out. If you don't do it this way, then, then you'll never, ha- you'll never ha- have enough. You'll never, you know, that, that's how the world's wisdom operates. But God doesn't operate in fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Peace. That's the spirit that God gives you. Peace I leave to you, peace I give you. That's who God is. So when God gives you wisdom, He's not going to use fear as a motivator to get you to, to, to do those things. God's going to lead you in peace. You will go forth in peace. That's who, who God is. Uh, Colossians 3.13. I was reading this in my devotions this morning. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And then it says this, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That was, uh, that was Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. When we are walking in God's wisdom, it is rooted and saturated in peace. Peace is all around it. There's, there's no anxiety, there's no fear in that kind of wisdom. There's no fear in God's wisdom. There's a lot of fear in the world's wisdom, but there's no fear in God's wisdom. Well, you, you sure you, you, I think you should do it that way because if it's rooted in fear, it's not rooted in God. Put that in the comments. If it's rooted in fear, it's not rooted in God because God is love and perfect love casts out all fear. That's what 1 John 4 says. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear and God is love. God is agape. And what is, what is love? Love is we talked about this yesterday. It's a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. If God is leading me, if God is the, the source of this wisdom, it will not fail me ever because God doesn't fail. God doesn't fail. God doesn't fail. Put it in the comments. God doesn't fail. He never fails. That's who he is. So if he's leading me, if I'm operating in his wisdom, it will not fail. It will never fail. When I'm reading the Word of God and it tells me something and my circumstances don't line up with what His Word says, with what His wisdom says, I'm not going to try to adjust this to, 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 to match what I can understand. I'm going to change my thinking. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to the, the pattern of or the thinking of this world, but let God, this is the new living, but let God transform you by changing the way that you think. Don't think the, world, the way the world does. Don't talk the way the world does. Think the way God does, and it will work every time. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge Him, and He'll make my path straight. When we lean on our own understandings, our path does not, is not straight. That's when we get the, well, life's just a roller coaster. You never know what's going to happen. You're going down one way, and then it'll hit you one direction. Who is life? That, it just, that we give it the right to just beat us up and beat us around. No, the Bible says in Isaiah that God goes before you and He makes the crooked path straight. But if you're leaning on your own understanding, you're not going to be able to hear Him or you're actually going out ahead of Him and you're, just, and you're tripping and, and falling over all these different things. When God is saying, lean on my wisdom and it'll propel you and push you and I will move things out of your way, 
and make your path straight. That's what God does. That's who God is. He is not one who leads us into destruction, into hardship. No, he, he doesn't lead us into toil. God is the one who goes before you, makes the crooked path straight. He's the one who has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. That's who he is. And when we operate under his kind of wisdom, we will never fail. If, if I'm walking with a God who never fails, I can never fail. If I'm walking in obedience to a God who never fails, I can never fail. If I'm walking according to my own wisdom and my own understanding, I will fail a lot. Because my own natural understanding is fallible, but His Word is infallible. The Word of God is infallible. My understanding is flawed because it's, it's stuck in, in this carnal, natural body. There will be a day when, when it won't be that way. However, when I... Let God transform my thinking. My natural thinking will actually, my natural thinking will begin to take a back seat, and the way God thinks will begin to step up, and I'll and I'll begin to operate in a place where now my thinking, the way that I think, the way that I act, the way that I operate, I'll begin to see that God's working all things together. But, but here's the thing, God doesn't just work all things together, boom, bleh, and that's it. No, God works all things together for the good of those who love Him. And are called according to his purposes. And what is love? Again, uh, choice commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. You're operating in God's wisdom. You're unconditionally giving to him. You're walking in fellowship with him. And as you do that, as you do that, you walk in love. There's no fear in love. And you begin to see that things work out for you. Why? Because you're not walking on your understanding. You're walking in the leading of God. And, uh, and just to wrap this up, I want us to look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Because so this is one of the scriptures where you, where, where you can see a clear divide between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And I want you to put this in the comments. Godly wisdom is never divisive. Yep. Hear that? Godly wisdom is never divisive. Uh, James 3, starting in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, is sensual, is demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that from above is first pure, then peaceable, it is gentle, it is willing to yield hear that it's willing to yield it's willing to admit hey i'm probably wrong you know you know it's willing to it's willing to yield it's um uh it show it uh it's full of mercy full of good fruit without partiality without hypocrisy and now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace to, by those who make peace so hear this Earthly, spiritual, unspiritual, demonic wisdom is, it, it causes division, it causes problems, it's always arguing, it's always, well, if you're not operating the way that I'm operating, you're not operating in wisdom. You, you, how many of you have heard that? If you're not doing the things that I think you should be doing, it's not, you're not operating in wisdom. You know, uh, I guess a good example is, 
Oh, you're having parking lot services. That's not wise. Oh, you're having online services. That's not, that's not wisdom. Oh, you're having church inside. That's not using wisdom. God gave you a brain. You should use it. No, what are you doing? You're causing division. You're saying, you're saying you're not walking in wisdom because you're not walking the way that I think you should be walking. That's not wisdom. That's not the, godly wisdom is, is willing to yield. It's willing to say, hey, hmm, Maybe, just maybe, God doesn't lead all of us exactly the same. Maybe what one congregation needs is different than what my congregation needs. Maybe what, what one family needs is different than what my family needs. You know, people like, like recognize that God, see, God told me, quit your job and I will show you where you're going to go. And eventually he led me to Albemarle, North Carolina. God's not going to tell you to do the same thing. And if I walk around and say, well, if you're not at Boomerang Church in Albemarle, North Carolina, you're not being led by God. You're not operating in wisdom because God clearly told me to move here. And therefore, you should do the same. That's not wisdom. God convicts one man, one man uh, for, you know, saying you probably shouldn't be dancing the way that you should be dancing. And all of a sudden he turns around and then tells his whole church, if you go dancing... If you dance in any way, shape, and form, you're walking in sin. God convicts a person, you know, who, who spends a lot of time going to the movies. You should probably stop going to those movies. And he turns around and tells the whole congregation, if you go to a movie theater, you're walking in sin. That's not godly wisdom. Now, if, if that man who felt the conviction of the Lord uh, went to a movie theater, he would, he would be walking in rebellion and sin because God clearly told him that. But that doesn't mean that everyone should do what God told you you should do. Are, are you hearing this? That, see, it's important for us to be led and have an intimate relationship with God personally. But we shouldn't be throwing our own personal convictions on other people if it's not rooted in the Word of God. Hear that. God, see, God will lead you. God, see, there was a point in time when God told me to stop watching Marvel movies because it started becoming an idol for me. It started becoming a little too important to me. And He, and he told me, you know, I want you to step down, or not step down, I want you to... I want you to stop watching these, these movies and, and these TV shows and reading those comics. My flesh didn't like it. Like, I could, I could natu- like, think of it from a natural perspective and be like, well, I don't see how it's a sin. I don't see what's actually wicked and evil about it. So, you know, God, God you know, maybe I just misheard that. Maybe I should just not do it. You know, but I didn't lean on my natural understanding in that, and I didn't go in the other direction and then start preaching. If you're watching Marvel movies or reading Marvel comic books, you're living in sin. That's not, that's not God's wisdom. See, but, but the thing is, people will take a personal conviction, or they'll take, they'll take one thing that the Lord might have told them, or they'll just take their own personal, their own natural worldly wisdom and understanding and use that to try to cause division in the church. See, the devil wants to... See, what the devil loves the most is to cause division. He, lo- he wants to cause division in your marriage. He wants to cause division in your, uh, in your, with your kids. He wants to cause division in your home, in your workplace. He wants to cause division in your church. He loves causing division. And, and where is division often rooted? In selfish ambition. It's, it's rooted in leaning on our own understanding, not willing to yield, not willing to hear them out, not willing to do these things. It's, it, it revolves, and this is not godly wisdom. Godly wisdom, it, it, it brings unity. Godly wisdom doesn't bring division, it brings unity. Godly wisdom doesn't bring fear, it brings peace. Godly wisdom doesn't bring... Uh, it, 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 doesn't, 
it, it, it's full of mercy. It's full of good fruit. It, 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 that, that's, it's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's, it's not... See, godly wisdom is not going to lead you to, to start throwing arguments in, in someone's, uh, on somebody's Facebook post in their comments. Godly wisdom... Are, are you hearing this? <laughs> you know, godly wisdom doesn't cause division. It doesn't spark arguments. The Bible says, have no place with foolish or stupid arguments that lead to nothing. Godly wisdom doesn't lead to division. And, and, and you see a lot in, 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 in the world today where people who think they're operating in wisdom, but all they're doing is causing division, disunity, uh, dissension. They're causing argu- they're, they're, they're arguing theology on Facebook. They're, they're doing all these things, and they're not causing peace. They're not causing unity. They think they're operating in wisdom, but if they were to stop and look and check back and say, God, what do you want me to do? I, I mean... God, God, what are you leading? God, what are we going to do? Like, just taking some time. You, you, I mean, you can look at the facts and say, well, well, based on what they posted, you know, there's some real facts that I can use to prove them wrong. But that doesn't mean that God wants you to do that. You know, take the facts, take what you see, take it to God. God, what do you want me to do today? God, do you want me to respond? Do you want me to call? Do you want, like, what do you want me to do? Take all bias out of the way and say, God, what are we going to do? What do you want us to do? And God will lead you in wisdom. The Holy Spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. But you have to be willing to yield to Him. That's what godly wisdom is. It's willing to yield. It's willing to yield to the Spirit. It's willing to yield to what God is telling you to do. It's willing to, like, it's, it's willing to do that. That's what godly wisdom does. It doesn't cause division. It's willing to yield. Godly wisdom is rooted in peace. Godly wisdom is, is always following divine direction, even if it doesn't make sense to your natural understanding, even if people are telling you, you know, if you, were, if, you would love your, if you really loved your family, you wouldn't be doing that. If you really cared about the kingdom, you wouldn't be doing that. No, no, no. If God told me to do it, that's the most loving thing I can do for my family. It's, uh, it, so godly wisdom is following divine direction. And then finally, godly wisdom is never divisive or selfish. Godly wisdom brings unity. Because that's, that's all that Jesus talked about. I mean, Jesus prayed to the Father, God, I pray that they will be one just as you and me are one. And, that, and that's what godly wisdom will lead to. It won't lead to, to divisiveness. Well, your wisdom doesn't match with my wisdom, therefore your wisdom is flawed. Oh, uh, you know, we all have a different truth. No, 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 Divi- that's division. Godly wisdom brings unity. It doesn't bring division. So guys, I want to I take some time to pray with you. Um, I, I want to take some time to pray with you, and then I'll hand it over to Barrett um, to wrap up. Um, but I, I want to strongly encourage you. Don't lean on your own understanding. When you say use wisdom, be wise, be smart, make sure what you're referring to is the Word of God, the direction of God, the leading of God, because that, that's what wisdom does. That's what wisdom looks like. Wisdom looks like following and, and yielding to the leading of God. That's the most wise thing you can do. The most wise thing you can do is not to lean on your own understanding. The most wise thing, I, I feel like the, the wisest thing, that's the word. I, every time I said the most wise, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. The wisest thing you can do is to, to yield to the Spirit of God. The, the, mo, the least wisest thing, whatever, uh, to do is to lean on your own understanding, to, to, to just always fall back 
See, this is what leaning on your own understanding looks like. It's falling back to what you can understand with your natural mind. If, if the Bible says, by his stripes you were healed, but your natural understanding, you, you see that there are people who aren't being healed, you know, your natural understanding can keep you out of faith. It, it can keep you out of faith. So, so, we're not, so when we say be wise, when we say be smart, when we say, when, when we say be wise, what we're, what we're actually saying is be led. Do what God's called you to do. Whether you understand it or not, whether it makes sense, makes sense whether it makes sense financially or not, whether, whether people understand it or not, whether people come against you or not, whether your kids like it or not, whether whatever it is, the most loving and the most wise thing you can do is be led and to yield to the Spirit. And so I want to just take some time to pray with you guys. I, I, I pray that this challenged you and this encouraged you. And, and, the, and I, 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 it's my prayer that this is propelling you to be more uh, faithful in your walk with God. Because when you do this, when you operate in God's wisdom, it won't fail you. It won't fail you. You'll begin to see, that, that, that you'll begin to see God move in ways that you've never seen Him move before. You'll begin to see light and, and you'll begin to walk in peace and hope and joy in a way you've never experienced before. So let me pray for you. Father God, right now I just lift every single person within the sound of my voice up to you. God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you will at this moment begin to expose the lies of worldly logic, of worldly understanding that, that, that might be resting in our souls. God, if there is a, a way of thinking, God, that we've, that, that we've been operating by, God, I pray, Lord, that you will begin to change the way we think. God, as your word says in Romans 12, 2, it says that we should not lean on, or in Romans 12, 2, it says, God, that, that we should uh, let you transform our mind by changing the way that we think, that we should not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Father God, I pray, Lord, that, that you will continuously expose the pattern of this world that we might have imprinted into our minds. And God, that you will change our minds, renew our minds, renew our thinking, God. And God, as we begin to just trust in your word, God, let our thinking begin to, to be renewed into a way where when we see situations, when we see circumstances, our brains will ultimately fall on the word, will lean on the word, not lean on what we think, what we think is best, what looks best, what looks right, but God, that we will lean not on our own understanding, but in all we do, acknowledge you. And God, I thank you in Jesus' name that peace will follow us when we do that, that you will make our path straight when we do that. You will go before us and make the crooked path straight. Father, I thank you that you are working all things together for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, I thank you that, that as they begin to operate in godly wisdom, God, that they will begin to see that there's no other way to operate, that there's no more successful way to operate. God, as you said to Joshua, God, that when we keep your word, when we meditate on a day and night, when we are careful to let it never leave our lips, God, then we will prosper and succeed in all that we do. Father God, I pray, Lord, that as they begin to apply your word, they will prosper and succeed in all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. God is good. I, I like telling you to put things in the comments. Just put God is good in the comments. God is faithful. He is faithful. And when, we, when you trust Him, 
not your own understandings. His faithfulness will work for you. Uh, we serve a good God. We serve a great God. We serve a faithful God. And when you walk with Him, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to give you guys over to Barrett as we transition into our final portion of this broadcast. But guys, I love you. Thank you for being with us. Amen. Barrett. <laughs> well, guys, as you know, we like to take time each and every single broadcast to give you an opportunity to sow. And so today, putting a scripture in your mind when it comes to giving, it goes right along with what Buddy was talking about. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. You know, I know that there was a time for me when it came to giving, when it came to sowing, that I did not feel as though I was walking a straight path. <laughs> and it was super easy to do what Buddy was talking about, and use my own logic to figure out how to make giving work. Um, there's a period of time where I didn't live, you know, just sharing really quickly. There was a period of time where I lived on a friend's couch. And by a period of time, I mean like for two years, <laughs> a year and a half, something like that. It was a while. I had a car and I lived in a couch or on a couch and all of my possessions fit into a very small closet. And there would be times where I would give every now and then when it seemed logical, when it seemed right. I was trusting, I was leaning on my own understanding of, well, I've got to make my finances work. I've got to figure out how to do this. I can barely pay my bills right now. Like I can't even afford my own place to live I can't afford to just give to a church. Why, why do I need to give to a church? Like, God loves me. I'm his child. I was not acknowledging him. You know, that word acknowledge, it doesn't just mean, oh, hey, God. That word acknowledge, if you look at it in, you know, in the original language, that word acknowledge means to know. To know God. Put, like, I'm, I'm going to read it to you with that in there. In all your ways know God, and he will make your path straight. You know, maybe you've been like I used to be, where I, my finances were here, and then they'd be 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 here. <laughs> maybe you just live there, or maybe, you know, it's, it's been okay, but it hasn't been as good as it could be. The difference maker for me is when I stopped leaning on my own understanding, but I began to know God's ways. And God's ways are simple. They're easy. You know, he has made the word understandable so that a child could understand it. The word tells us 10% of your increase is the tithe. That 10% goes back to God. So 10% of whatever you make, that's already God's. So for me, what I was doing is I wasn't even giving the 10%. You know, I thought I was doing so good when I would, like I remember the first time I ever dropped 80 bucks in the offering. I'm like, whoo, high cotton. Like that was, that was a lot. It, 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 was, it was $80 in like five months. That wasn't even close to 10%. 10% belongs to God already. So if you're not giving 10% yet, 
make sure that you start giving that 10 because that 10 already belongs to the Lord. It's his. That is his. It's already set aside. And if it's not yet, it should be. But here's where the blessing comes. You know, that 10%, it rebukes the devourer. That's what it, that's what it does. God's system in that 10% of what you give, it's already, you're giving it back to him. He already owns it. That 10% allows him to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Anything above that 10%, that's offering. And it's in the offering where the blessing is. So for me, things really started to turn around when I moved here. You know, I moved here on like a prayer <laughs> and the Lord's provision. I had nothing stored up for myself. I had a car that broke down the week I was supposed to come here. My car broke down. I didn't have a job when I came here. I was poor. Like I couldn't even afford the R on the end of the word poor. I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord got me here, and by his mercy and his goodness, he gave me a job the day after I got here, and I was making more than what I ever thought. I was Poe, buddy. I was not poo. I was Poe. I couldn't afford the O-R at the end. I was Poe with an apostrophe, but when I got here, the Lord gave me a job, and I was making more money than I'd ever made in my life, and I decided, God, I'm going to, at this point, I'd learned something, that God has a system, and his system is giving. His system is seed, time, and harvest. His system is 10% already belongs to God, but anything above and beyond that, that's an offering out of my heart to show him how much I love him. That's my acknowledgement of, of, of how good he is. You know, that word acknowledge is knowing that's me showing him how much I know how much he loves me. Like, God, I know you love me. I want you to know that I love you. Let this be a representation of how much I love you. God, when I give to you, let it bless you. I want to bless my God. That was my heart when I moved. God, I don't want to lean on my own understanding anymore. My own understanding had me living on a couch. It had me driving around a car that broke down all the stinking time. It had me Poor. My understanding led me into poverty. What I thought was logical and made sense led me into a state of poverty. And the game changer for me was when I stopped living in my own understanding, but I took the word as factual. I took the word as ultimate truth above any other logic, above any other man-made thing. And I decided I was going to put the word to work. And immediately... God blessed me abundantly. I never once again had to live on a couch. I never once again could not pay my bills. I never once again went hungry because I didn't have enough money to buy myself food. I never once again had to wear clothes that had holes all through them and were dirty and stained because I couldn't even afford to go to a laundromat. That's literally how I was living. But I never had to go back to that place and I never will because God's way of operating is higher than man's logic. Man's logic will fail eventually, but God's logic, God's realm of understanding will never fail. Never. 
His word works, but we've got to work the word. And that's not just out of your mouth confessing. That's working the word in action and in deed. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And the word says to give. The word says that we are made in the image and likeness of our God. And our God so loved the world that he gave. We are to so love the world, to so love our God, to so acknowledge him in all that we do and all that we say that we are just come compelled with a heart of love to give to him, not because we're looking to get, but because he's so good. How could we not? That's the heart that we're to give with. And let my testimony, let it, let it lead you to excitement because God's not a respecter of persons. If he will take some girl up in Maine in broke town, USA, where I had nothing, I had nothing and then turn me into a place where I'm now able, listen to this, I am now able, George and I together, we always check where our giving is at the end of each and every single year because our heart, our aspiration is to live off of 10% and sow the 90. That's our aspiration when it comes to giving. Are we there yet? No, but we are striving to get there. So we check each year, are we giving more than we gave the year before? Are we ensuring that we are always increasing our offering so that way the Lord can trust us with more? We are now at a point where we are giving twice as much as I made in a year. Twice as much. That's God. That was not Barrett. I tried to figure out how to do it. I couldn't, but, but God, but God, he is able, but God, he is willing, but God, you may have been in a season of poverty like I was, but God, he will take you abundantly beyond all you could ever ask or think. He will take you higher. He'll take you further. He'll give you more. He'll bless you bigger because he knows that you're able to be faithful with what he puts in his hands. What, because your hands are his hands. Prove yourself faithful today. Prove to the Lord that your love for him is more than in word, but it's in deed. It's in action. It's in fruit. You prove that you have the fruit of God on the inside of you. As you're hearing this, don't do anything out of compulsion. Do it out of an abundance of love. If you feel so led to give, we have made it super easy for you, barely an inconvenience. All you've got to do if you're on Facebook is put hashtag donate followed by the amount you want to give. If you're not on Facebook, if you're on any other platform, or if you'd prefer to do it here, you can go to givebc.org right here. Go to givebc.org. And you can put it in there too. If you'd like to mail us a check, you're welcome to do that at P.O. Box 1515, Albemarle, North Carolina, 28002. We have partners that do that, partners from this broadcast. He's a good God. He's a good God and he is faithful to his people. So right now, Jesus, I just ask that your people, I agree with Buddy's prayer, that their eyes would be open to your wisdom, not their wisdom. Let their eyes be opened. Lord, let them hear from you clearly. Every person under the sound of my voice, let them hear your voice clearly in the realm of giving. You know, first and foremost, if you haven't been giving your tithe, give your tithe. We're not saying to give it here. If you belong to another church 
and you haven't been giving the Lord your tithe, then go to that church and sow your tithe there. Sow your offering there for all we care. I don't care where you're giving it as long as it's where the Lord says to give it. But be obedient. Hear from the Lord and then just respond. Be obedient to it. Lord, I ask that you speak your voice clearly to every man and woman watching. Let them hear clearly your instruction on how and what and where to give. And let them be obedient to your voice. Let them not move by a spirit of fear or out of logic. Lord, let them move only at the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' mighty name, bless every seed sown. Every seed sown, Lord, bless it abundantly, 30, 60, 100 fold. Lord, let it come back to them bigger and better than what they sowed in. God, exceed their expectations. I pray a mighty blessing upon every person giving today, Lord. Let your blessing come into their finances. Let them be the blessed of the Lord. Let them have testimonies like mine where they were able to be taken from a place where they wanted to go higher and you took them greater than, you, than they ever thought possible. Take them higher. Take us higher. You are so good. And we thank you, God. Thank you that your very nature, your very name is the God who provides. That's your name. Jehovah Jireh. That is your name, the God who provides. You are our provider. And Lord, we sow into you today out of a heart of love, knowing that you've already laid aside provision for us for this day. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank y'all for watching. Thank you for being with us today. And make sure that you tune in tomorrow, same time, same place, 11.45 a.m. for our Friday installment of Lunch Plus. It's going to be great. We love you. Have a blessed, blessed day. And we'll see you tomorrow.